Welcome. My name is Jesse and you are listening to The Wake Up Call. This show is about opening your eyes to how you've been living, bringing awareness to the standard you've been operating at, and helping you start living to your full potential. There are two ways I'll help you do this. One, by disciplining your mind, and two, by strengthening your body. It's time to take stock of your current performance and go to the next level. Let's do this. G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of The Wake Up Call. This is episode 126. In this episode, we are going to be talking about RPE. So RPE stands for Rate of Perceived Exertion. This is a number that you will give to an exercise or physical movement to describe its level of effort or difficulty. Okay, so zero is the easiest thing in the world and 10 is the hardest thing you have ever experienced in your life, all right? So rather than just classifying something as easy, medium, hard, you're going to attribute a number, a single digit, okay? So it's either gonna be a one, a two, a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or a 10, okay? And what it does is it helps you to really evaluate the difficulty of what you're doing, all right? So most people, when they start lifting weights and they start strength training, their RPE is very high. The perception is that it is difficult, it is really hard. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but it's my experience that most people, especially novice or you know even intermediate lifters, uh, their RPE is higher than it actually is in reality. And what I'm gonna go through, I'm just gonna change tabs here in a sec because I wanted to actually write down, or not write down, but detail to you, uh, what these numbers look like, um, you know, from one to 10. So let's go through them. So RPE, rate of perceived exertion. A one is very light activity, hardly any exertion, but more than sleeping or watching TV. A two or a three is light activity. So it feels like you can maintain this for hours on end. It's easy to breathe and carry on a conversation like we're doing here. Four to six would be a moderate activity. You're breathing heavily, but you can still hold a conversation. So you're still somewhat comfortable but becoming noticeably more challenging the longer the thing goes on. A seven to eight is vigorous activity. It's borderline uncomfortable. You're short of breath, but you can speak a sentence or maybe a couple words here or there. Nine is a very hard activity. It is very difficult to speak and maintain the exercise intensity. So you can barely breathe and you're speaking literally just a few words here or there. And then a 10 on the RPE scale is a max effort activity. It feels almost impossible to keep going. You are completely out of breath, you are unable to talk and you cannot maintain it for more than a very short amount of time. That right there is the RPE scale, okay? So if you think about that from a, an endurance or a cardiovascular standpoint, you can kind of paint that picture pretty quickly. Okay, one, you know, it's it's walking. It's, it's you know, you could do it for hours upon end. No questions asked. It's just a piece of cake, all right? Then we start working up to, you know, things like a jog, all right? Just a jog. Uh, for most people, a jog's going to be somewhere between like a, a four and a six. You know, you can jog at a slow to medium pace for quite a while. Um then we start pushing the envelope. If we're talking running, all right, we're working at, you know, we're not sprinting, but we're pushing the pace. We're starting to move with purpose, okay? With purpose is the key word here. We're not just doing it lackadaisically, going through the motions. We're actually trying to get somewhere, 
okay? That would start to be like seven or an eight. And then you wanna to think top end speed. If you had to sprint, and I'm talking all out sprint, no, we're not leaving a single thing in the tank, okay? You've gotta get from point A to point B as fast as fucking possible. That is a 10, okay? So even if we think about uh, elite athletes and sprinters, I uh, happened to watch the Olympics when it was on last. It was won by an Italian bloke, which was quite surprising. They're not generally up there in the, in the standings. But anyway, this bloke, he is absolutely given it everything he's got, and he runs 100 meters in less than 10 seconds. He did not hold back. He did not save energy for later. He didn't put the cruise control on. He was hauling asses, like going as fast as he could for, you know, nine point something seconds. That's a 10, all right? Now, I wanna go through a few other examples of RPE. So this is where you can start to actually describe and rate uh, more accurately uh, your RPE. Uh, walking down the street, out of 10, what would you give it? Pick a number. Can't be three and a half, can't be four and a half. Pick a whole number, okay? Walking down the street, for me, you know, it's a two. It's a piece of cake, I could do it for indefinitely, all right? Uh, let's look at uh, some strength exercise. So doing a set of 25 bodyweight squats. So no resting in between, you're doing 25 in a row. Squat, stand, squat, stand. Out of 10, how would you rate that? All right, out of 10. Then we're gonna start to up the ante here. Hitting 100 burpees. So if you don't know what a burpee is, welcome to the wake up call. You're about to get uh, a nice little introduction to one of the greatest exercises. No, it's not really one of the greatest. It's a, it's, a, it's a good exercise. But anyway, a lot of people don't like it. A burpee is basically where you go from standing to laying on the floor, so your chest is physically touching the ground. You can either stand back up and then jump or clap, jump and clap overhead, or you can jump out and jump in. Okay, I hope that kind of makes sense. So basically, you've got to lay on the floor, stand up or jump back up, and then clap with your hands above your head in midair. How would you describe doing 100 burpees, okay? Out of 10, give me a number. Is it a four? Is it an eight? Is it a 10 for you? Again, we're trying to classify and rate something in terms of its difficulty. And sprinting, I've already mentioned, 100 meter sprint. You know, if I ask somebody to sprint 100 meters, they might be like, uh, Jesse, I can't even do that. Like my hamstring will fall off the phone. Uh, you know, my knees are already shot. Uh, and other people, we like sprinting 100 meters, they might do a couple of leg swings and they might get into that split stance, one arm up and bang, they're off. They'd be hauling ass, but they'd be able to get it done. And again, you attribute a number to it. It's not easy, medium, hard. We're getting very specific. What is the number that you would use to describe that level of effort and output slash difficulty? All right. And <clears throat> this is what happens. As a personal trainer, as a strength coach, I've worked with hundreds of people over the years. And without fail, pretty much all of them, bar you know, a handful, come in and they have a higher RPE than reality, shall we say. So what I mean by that is they're not technically lying. So somebody, I might get somebody to do an exercise and I'll ask them, you know, out of 10, how, how difficult was that? And they'll say, oh, that was an eight or a nine. And I might be looking at them and I'll move around and watch their technique. And in my head, I'll think, okay, that's probably a five or a six. And it's who's right, who's wrong. Uh, it is what it is. What's happening is that that person's perception 
of difficulty is higher than they are accustomed to, higher than they are used to, all right? So, and the reason for it is when you do something new, it feels foreign. You are very sensitized to it. So you feel every little thing that's happening within your body. And this is what some people uh, actually classify as pain, like muscular pain. Um, and it's because, again, if you don't exercise regularly, um, everything's going to be, air quotes, painful slash difficult for you. So the pain rating in your eyes is quite high. The difficulty is very, very high. So if all you've ever done, if all you've done for the last couple of weeks is sit on the couch and I say, hey, we're going to do 50 squats, you're probably going to tell me, uh, Jesse, that's a nine out of 10. And in your eyes, it truly is a nine. In my eyes, I might think, yeah, that's pretty difficult. But if I said do another 50, you'd be able to do it. So I might give you like a six or a seven. You see that kind of difference between the two numbers there, all right? So I'm gonna try and paint this picture for you of why this is so important, all right? Let's say, for example, you're doing an exercise maybe you have never done before. I'm gonna give you a brand new exercise. You've seen it maybe before, but you've never actually performed it. Or I'm getting you to do an exercise you've done and I'm changing the technique. So it's unfamiliar to you and your body. What's going to happen is your body will react and let you know very quickly that things are happening differently or to a level you have never experienced before, all right? So your body's telling you, it's giving you like a tap on the shoulder. It's telling you, hey man, uh, this thing's happening. I'm feeling, I'm feeling some things happen in the body. You are becoming highly aware of all of the sensations within your body, okay? That's where the rate of perceived exertion comes in. Maybe you're used to doing half squats. You just do a partial range of motion. You sit half the way down and you stand up and you think that's as low as you need to go. And then I have you do full squats where you do the extra half of the movement, the extra depth. Um, yeah, it's more than likely your hamstrings and your quads and your glutes are gonna feel fucking sore because those muscles, those tissues, those ligaments, they haven't been worked to that range of motion. It's foreign. So again, the level of difficulty and discomfort will go up. It's not to say you can't do it, but that's the rate of perceived exertion. You are describing that exercise as difficult. Does that make sense? So you're engaging perhaps muscles that you didn't even know that you had, or you're pushing beyond your comfort level. Your comfort level is that half squat. Yep, that feels good. I'll just go down halfway and come back up. Yep, that feels safe. I feel comfortable doing that. And that's where you live. And then I rip you out of that home and I say, hey, we're going over here to this location, to this extra depth that you've never visited before. Um, yeah, chances are the rate of perceived exertion will go up and probably quite considerably because like I said, those muscles uh, and those tissues are very sensitive to this new range of motion because you've never been there before. And that's where you know we talk about getting outside the comfort zone. If you live in the comfort zone, everything that you do, and I do mean everything, is gonna feel fucking hard. And that's where you've gotta push yourself and you have to start to understand and get a very true reading of your rate of perceived exertion, all right? If you don't escape the comfort zone, if you don't push yourself beyond those couple reps that feel uncomfortable, what's gonna happen is everything is going to be amplified. It's like somebody turns the volume knob up everything feels harder than it actually is. Because you don't visit that, that, um, 
that state very often, yeah? And like I said, new lifters, novices, people who are brand new to lifting or haven't done it properly with any structure, you know? These people new to lifting weights, uh, understand this, your muscles will adapt and your pain threshold will increase. Your pain tolerance, all of these things go up over time, but you have to give it enough time to actually see those benefits and those changes occur within your body, all right? You have to train consistently. So that means every week, whether you feel good, whether you feel bad, whether you have high energy, whether you have low energy, you've got to get in there and get the thing done because it's not just your muscular system that we're trying to uh, create an adaptation to, it's also your nervous system. Because your brain and all the synapses that send the message from your brain to your body, uh, they need that input. And if you don't give them the input, everything is gonna feel hard because you're not giving them a chance to desensitize. Does that make sense? All right, the more you do something, the more desensitized you will become to it meaning it will affect you less. So in terms of difficulty, what you consider right now to be an eight or a nine will eventually become a four or a five. But you have to stick with the process long enough for those changes to actually take place. This is where the adage of what's currently your working weight will eventually become your warm-up weight. And it's actually true. Um, and I'm not saying that you're not working hard right now. What I'm saying is your current perception of difficulty is very high. But I'm saying if you had to keep going, you probably could. But early on in your lifting uh, life, you probably find that you won't go those extra one, two, three, four reps um, because that pain threshold is quite low. Your rate of perceived exertion is higher than you think it is. So your body tells you stop and you say, yep, that's enough for me, and you, you pump the brakes. But with the proper guidance, a bit of uh, coaching, and also leaving the comfort zone, so actually being willing like to be able to put your hand up and say, yes, I understand it's gonna be uncomfortable and a little bit uh, you know, scary, but, but I'm prepared to push myself a little bit, a little bit beyond where I feel comfortable and safe, and you know, I'm leaving that home that home zone. Yeah, you start to actually realize how much capacity you have. And this is where things like, you know, if your target is 12 reps and all you've ever done is 12 reps and you think, oh, you know what? I'm actually gonna see what I'm capable of. I'm gonna push past 12. You'll probably find that, yeah, you can do 15. But it takes A, that willingness and that mentality to be like, okay, it's asking me to do 12. The program says 12. What happens if I really give it my all? and not stop at 12 and just keep going, just concentrating on the form. What happens then? You might find you get 15, 16, 17, 18 reps even. And if you do that long enough, what it does is it lowers your RPE of that particular exercise, of that particular weight, or of that particular amount of volume that you have to complete. And then we add this lovely thing called the progressive overload principle of increasing the demands on your body slowly but surely, week by week, asking you to do an extra one or two reps, lift an extra one, two, three kilos, whatever it is, and you just follow that in your training program for a decent amount of time, and you realize, hey, I can actually do shitloads more than when I started, all right? 
One thing I do want to clarify is this. This is the definition of the word perception. So in psychology, this is what it means. A single unified awareness derived from sensory processes while a stimulus is present. So what that means is something is happening to your body. All of your senses are providing you with feedback and information based upon how it is actually uh, impacting your body, right? So when you provide your body with a stimulus for the first time, your senses are heightened. RPE is high. It's like driving your car. When you first started learning to drive, uh, you probably didn't know how much or how little to accelerate. The same thing for the brakes. You know, do you push it in a little bit or do you jam it on? And same thing for using the clutch. For those of you who know how to drive a manual car, uh, you understand this perfectly well. So, you know, you would kind of alternate between accelerate, brake, clutch, grind the, you know, grind the gearbox and all that sort of stuff. But the more you practiced it, the more you did it, it all started to improve. Your timings got better, okay? And the car ride became a lot smoother. It was less jerky, it was less volatile, and it was less stress, uh, less strenuous on the necks of the passengers and the people in your car. So, you know, I've got an older brother. It's like, I can't remember that he was actually in the car too much when I was learning to drive when I was up you know, on my L's and P's. But it's like, you know, imagine you've got your whole family in there. You're driving, you, you're under pressure, you've, you, you're kind of scared about, you know, fucking up and making a mistake. So you've got the dad, you've got the mum, you've got the, the siblings in there. And, you know, one of them's talking shit to you. Your senses are all heightened. It's like you accelerate a little bit. And, and then, you know, mum or dad says, come on, give it a little bit. And then you floor it and everyone, you know, their head jams back into the headrest. And then they're saying, ease off. And you smash the brakes on and everyone's head jerks forward. And the more you do it, the less the less that stuff seems to happen because you're getting a, you're getting accustomed to that uh, stimulus. Does that make sense? All right. So the goal of using RP of the RPE scale is to determine what level you are working at compared to your absolute limit. This is where identifying and knowing very clearly what your limits are is important. Okay. So I'm going to explain that piece again. The goal of using the RPE scale is to determine what level you are working at compared to your absolute limit, your absolute maximum. So this is why hard physical training and tests of your maximal strength and also endurance come in. Because if the hardest thing you've ever done is run one kilometer, if I ask you to go and run five kilometers, you'll probably look at me in the face and be like, Jesse, there's no way, that's probably not gonna happen. Uh, that's that's impossible. You know, all these words start coming off and your limiting beliefs start overtaking your actual capacity. And if I was to mention a 10K or even a half marathon, 21Ks, you know, you might just fall off your chair. <laughs> but this is the thing, when you keep extending yourself, pushing past your current limitations, everything else becomes easier. So that 1K that initially you thought, shit, that's, you know, that's all right, I'll be pushing it, but I can do it. That becomes your warm up. And then you're regularly hitting 10Ks. And then you're actually thinking, hmm, is a marathon possible? Is that actually doable? You know, I'm racking up all of these, you know, 10K runs. If I had to really push myself, could I do that marathon? And then doorways start opening for you. Yeah, the possibilities, they're fucking endless. I just finished reading a book called Never Finished by David Goggins, and he explains this same phenomenon. So David 
If you haven't read his books, uh, Can't Hurt Me, uh, buy that, read it, and also Never Finished, same thing, buy it and read it. Uh, he explains the same thing. So he did ultra endurance events. So these are 100 plus mile events, okay? And then he thought to himself, the, the allure of the 100 mile wasn't enough because when he started doing it, there was only a handful of people who were enrolling and signing up for these events. And he was like, fuck yeah, it's a, it's a hardcore group of people. This is awesome. And then, you know, fast forward five, 10 years, and he looks around and there's hundreds of people. He's like, fuck man, this is just normal now. Everybody's doing this. And he thought to himself, what's next? How can I separate myself? What can I do that's gonna extend me and take me to new heights, new limits? And he found this race, it's called the Moab 240. And this is what it says on the website. Okay, you ready? This is, I've literally copied and pasted this so I can read it word for word. Enjoy 240 miles of beautiful terrain as you travel through desert, canyons, slick rock, and two mountain ranges, all while surrounded by canyonlands and Arches National Park. You know, these people, you know, like myself who enjoy and thrive on challenge and growth and pushing the limits, we read that and think, fuck yeah, that sounds amazing. I read that, and I'm like, I wanna get outdoors. I wanna go for it. I wanna get after it. And then some people who maybe don't like running or have never escaped the comfort zone, they read that and they hear that and they're like, oh, that sounds absolutely diabolical. What kind of mad fucking person wants to go and do that? But again, it's because I've been doing, I've been lifting weights consistently since I was 16 years old. I've been doing sports since I was about six years old. I did Taekwondo, like at a high level. So I'm not talking about, you know, just going and doing it for social reasons. I'm a competitor. My goal is to win things. I've been playing high level football since I was 12. I've moved interstate to go and do, to go and, uh, you know, pursue my goal of being a professional footballer. I've trained with, you know, professional sporting teams. I've had, you know, a lot of experience in the training realm. And this is where it all, it all impacts your RPE, what you perceive as difficult, right? So it's it's not just true for running, it's, it's a very good example, but the lifting side of things is very important as well. Building your strength and going past where you currently are and getting out of that comfort zone is necessary for growth to occur. I repeat, it is necessary for growth to occur. It's not a suggestion, it's not a, oh, that would be good, it's this is a non-negotiable. If you want to grow, if you want to see what you are capable of, if you want to get better, you must be willing to get uncomfortable. That's why the saying, all growth starts at the end of your comfort zone is so important. You have to recognize that things won't, that things won't always be hard if you stick with it. If you are prepared to persevere and slowly push past your current level. If you do that enough times, what happens is your RPE gets lower and lower and your capacity goes up and up. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's, you get a two for one deal. Things become easier and you're able to do more. That sounds fucking amazing to me. And I want that for you as well. Because what you consider hard right now will eventually feel and also become easy. So it's not just the sensations that you're feeling within your body, it's actually that, you know, based upon what you are actually capable of, that thing that used to be hard is actually quite simple, quite easy. It's no longer demanding. 
Does that make sense? Because your perception has changed and your reality has changed because you've created new limits for yourself. Very, very important stuff here. Very, very important. You have to understand that those challenges and those things that you see as bad are actually good for you. That's why you have to constantly push what you do. You have to challenge yourself to do a little bit more, all right? Because if you never do hard things, everything will feel hard because your ceiling is so low. That's why you've got to push yourself, challenge yourself, and stretch your RPE. Because the higher your ceiling, the more wiggle room you have underneath it, and the more you can do before things truly become difficult or hard. And the question that I ask my students to reframe their RPE is this. How many more reps could you do before your technique broke down and you had to call it quits? Give me a number. Is it one rep? Is it two reps? Is it three reps? Is it four? Is it more than four? Invariably, the answer is always the same. They say more, okay? And if I don't agree with the number that they say, I tell them, imagine you have a gun to your head this is a life or death situation. You have to keep going. How many more reps would you be able to do? And again, that number always rises. It always increases because it's your perception, that rate of perceived exertion. And I'm going to give you two examples here. These, uh, Both of these examples happened within the last probably six weeks uh, of coaching and training clients. <clears throat> I had one student uh, who was doing a hip thrust. And we were doing four sets of 10 to 12 reps. Okay, I can't recall the actual week of the program, but on that particular training day, it was four sets of 10 to 12. And this is what happened. 12 reps, 12 reps, 12 reps. So she's hitting that top number of the rep range, which I always encourage my students to do, and they generally gravitate towards it after they kind of see, you know, what happens with a little bit of pushing past that comfort zone. But I, I spoke to this student and I was like, hey, I reckon you got a few reps in reserve here. What do you reckon? And she's like, yeah, I agree. So I said to her, I don't want you to count the number of reps. I'll do that because I'm, I'm well known for my counting. My counting is exceptional, <clears throat> exceptionally bad because I'm more focused on technique. But I said, for this set, I want you just to concentrate on the technique. Squeeze your glutes, keep your chin tucked, brace your abs. We're hinging from the hips, okay? Hip thrust is a hinge, so I just want you to focus on how to do the exercise. Just that. I'll count the reps. She almost doubled the requirements. She got 23 reps. So the target was four sets of 10 to 12. And on the last set, the last set, when there is the most, uh, the most fatigue accumulated within the system, she gets 23 reps. So what did I do for the next session and you know, following program is I increased both the volume and the load. It's not a punishment, it's a fucking reward. And I asked, I said to her, just because I wanna make sure everybody understands why they're doing things. And I said to her, do you know why, have I why I've increased the volume and the load? She's like, why is that? I said, because you can. Because she has the physical capacity to do so. And if I didn't do those things, if I didn't increase the load and the repetitions, I would be doing her a disservice because I'm actually holding her back from what she's capable of achieving. See how that works? I also had another student, she was doing uh, goblet squats with a kettlebell. 
and it was fairly uh, fairly early on in the training program. And we're doing five sets of four to six. Okay, so it's early on, just a handful of reps. And we've got a couple sets of six out, six, six, six. And then I said to her, hey, I want you to do one set of max reps. I don't want you to stop until either A, your technique breaks down, or B, you physically cannot do it. Your legs give out. Just concentrate on the technique, but do as many reps as you can. I'll count, you just concentrate on the technique. She tripled the number of reps she got. So we got six, 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 and then fucking 18. Triple the target for the day. So the, the, the next directive was very simple. Increase to the next kettlebell. Why? Because she can. Because she has the strength and she has the ability. The skill is there. The strength is there. The work capacity is there. And if I didn't increase that kettlebell, again, I'll be doing that person a disservice. So you've got to start training yourself to your true RPE. All right? Six, six, six. Yeah, great. We're hitting the, we're hitting the numbers quite comfortably. What happens when we really push the fucking envelope there? Tripled the target. Therefore, it's too easy. We bump things up. And like I said, I've been training hard for such a long time and I have done personal training with hundreds of students over the years. Um, I know what an RPE of 10 looks and feels like. It's, it's very difficult to describe. It's very difficult to describe. Um, it makes you start to question everything, all right? It, it really does, it really does. Um, and finding those higher numbers, you know, the eights, the nines, and the tens, it takes time, it takes practice, and it takes perseverance to change the RPE from what is currently high to medium, and then bring it down to low. But the thing is this, guys, through struggle comes growth, and a better and more capable you. So if that's something you want, if you want to get better, if you want to get stronger, if you want to get physically fitter, leaner, whatever it is, to dominate your sport, to crush your personal career, you know, whatever it is that you want to improve, understand you're going to have to go through that little bit of discomfort. And I say a little bit of discomfort because that's all it is. If you're doing, I'll use that goblet squat as the example. If you're doing a set of 20, out of, you know, out of the 24 hours of a day, how long does that set take you? It's less than a minute. So again, it's that little bit of discomfort, that little sprinkling of hardship and adversity to get these huge dividends and rewards on the other side of it. But you have to go through that struggle and you've got to be willing to pay to pay that price. It's not comfortable, it's not easy, and that's that's why not everybody pays it. And that's why the world is full of fat people, weak people. People who are incapable and have no confidence about themselves because they've never pushed themselves. And maybe that sounds harsh, but you know, it's fucking true. Rate of perceived exertion is something you need to understand and rate accurately. You've got to really dial that number in and then you've got to challenge it on a consistent basis. So if you're thinking to yourself right now, hmm, I've actually, I've never really done anything that has me questioning my life or, you know, my physical capacity and my, my ability to really continue when shit gets tough. Uh, you, my friend, are probably due for a really hard physical challenge. 
I'm not talking theory, I'm not talking about books and reading articles and seeing what other people have done, but putting yourself in the fucking arena to actually try and see what you're capable of. Not theory, application, fucking doing. So ask yourself, what's something really difficult that you can get involved with? Go and sign up for it. Go and enroll in it. Take the plunge. Fucking get after it. can guarantee that little bit of discomfort here and now will be worth it. In the moment, you'll be questioning your life's decisions and why you did it. But if you push through and you persevere and you work on this, actually driving through that discomfort to, to chase growth, you'll thank me for it later. So guys, that was a little bit longer than I was anticipating, but uh, this is so fucking important, understanding what RPE is and how to accurately uh, rate it, all right? So we're going from, you know, it's not to say one's better than the other, they're both very useful. You know, how would you describe that? Easy, hard, medium. Easy, medium, medium, hard. They're all good, but they're a little bit abstract at the same time. You know, putting a physical number on it, a single digit, no decimal points, no half numbers, was it a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine? Or was it, in fact, a 10 out of 10 and the most challenging thing you have ever experienced in your entire fucking life? And just to wrap it up, guys, like I said, if your ceiling is low, if you've never really got outside your comfort zone, if you've never pushed yourself, you don't know what you're capable of. How scary is that to think about, you know, whether you're 20 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, however old you are, and knowing full well, I have never actually pushed myself to the brink. I've never actually seen what I'm capable of doing. When my back's against the wall, when I've actually wanted something so fucking much that I'm prepared and willing to go through whatever it takes to get there. All the pain, all the discomfort. That's fucking criminal. That's, you know, to imagine that being on your deathbed and thinking, I actually never realized what I was capable of. I had all this unfulfilled potential just because I didn't even fucking try. That's, you know, that's one hell of a fucking shame. I, I don't wish that on anybody. So I hope you're gonna take that on board and hopefully it'll get you to rethink your rate of perceived exertion, whether you're lifting, whether you're running, whether you're playing sports, whether you're doing shuttle runs, whether you're doing a beep test, whether, whatever physical endeavor that you're doing, because we can always do more. And Goggins talks about this in his first book, Can't Hurt Me. He talk, he calls it the 40% rule. When you think you're done, you're only at 40%. And I know for myself, I have never actually got to the point where I've physically been unable to continue. So even I have room to grow and room to improve and can push the RPE scale even further. And I'm willing to do that over the course of my lifetime. I'm not gonna you know, stop and be like, oh, I've done enough. I'm not gonna rest on my laurels. Because again, sacrificing the gift of that unfulfilled potential. So I have some ideas in my head of what I wanna do for my life and how I'm gonna challenge myself physically and mentally so I can get better and grow. And I encourage you to do the exact same. So guys, I hope that helps you understand how to organize your training a bit better and figure out whether it's time to level up, whether it's time to push the envelope, or whether you are in fact exactly where you need to be on your journey in terms of physical output and how it relates to you know, the feelings and the sensations that you're feeling as you actually get after your goals. So that's it for today, guys. I do have one ask before I let you go. 
Uh, I had a look on the Spotify recently and I have no rankings, no ratings. I would love it if you are a regular listener to just jump on the Spotify or jump on the iTunes and give me a review. Five stars would be epic. And just write down, what do you enjoy most about the podcast? You know, how has it helped you? Have you had any light bulb moments, any aha moments that have actually, you know, shaken you to the core or helped you reevaluate what you're doing and where you're going in life? All right, so that's my one ask for you guys. That's what we call paying the fee. Um, because if you enjoy it, chances are somebody else out there will enjoy it and benefit from it too. So I appreciate you for listening and sharing the good word and also providing that review. Thanks, guys. I will speak to you soon for episode 127. But until then, get after your goals because nobody else will. If you loved the wake-up call, found it entertaining, or got some benefit out of listening, I would appreciate you helping me to spread the word. Please share it with a friend or on social media so that you can pay it forward and give someone else the opportunity to improve themselves like you just have. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon for another episode.